أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون أياما معدودات فمن كان منكم مريضا أو على سفر فعدة من أيام أخر وعلى الذين يطيقونه فدية طعام مسكين فمن تطوع خيرا فهو خير له وأن تصوموا خير لكم إن كنتم تعلمون السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاه وبعد Welcome my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam رمضان مبارك وشهر الكريم in front of us today, we have the most blessed month out of every month that we have in our entire year, which is the month of Ramadan. But we should start first and foremost by praying for those who have passed away and for those families that have lost their loved ones, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguards those who have passed away in their graves and provide them firm speech. And for those who have lost their loved ones, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provide them, grant them patience in their lives, because this is the moment where, you, or the time that you need the most closest people to you. You want to really enjoin with your family. You want to be close to those who are related to you. But those who have lost their loved ones, what do we do for them? We pray for them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them patience and makes them of the people of high ranks. Amin, amin. On our last session, we were talking about the wisdoms of Ramadan being prescribed upon us. And we covered some parts, which are really some, some wisdoms that are really, really important. And I would like to just touch into them, not even talk about them, but just touch them so we can link the wisdoms with what we have today, inshallah ta'ala. So what we covered last week, we explained that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us 12 months in a year. And from those 12 months, we know that we have four of them which are sacred. And the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them sacred, he knows the main purpose, but he wanted to um, bring security and also um, stop people from fighting and make them sacred months that people would devote themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than how they devote themselves devote themselves compared to other months. Now, from among those months, we have the month of Rajab. And in the month of Rajab, we know it's a sacred month. And that month is followed by the month of Sha'ban, subhanAllah. Now, what is significance of Rajab, Sha'ban, ahead of Sha'ban coming Ramadan, is that we know the deeds of a human being or mankind or each one of us, they are all lifted to Allah or they ascend to Allah in three periods in a year. And what are the periods? Le deeds are lifted or they ascend to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
on a daily basis, day and night, according to the hadith that we um, narrated last week. And deeds are lifted to Allah on a, on a weekly basis, every Monday and every Thursday. And deeds are also lifted to Allah every year on an annual basis. Now, looking at that, you find out that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was providing us something significant over here. We are followed before Sha'ban, we have Rajab. And Rajab is a sacred month where we devote ourselves to Allah more than any other month, right? And not only that, we find that ahead of it is the month of Sha'ban where our annual deeds are lifted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's amazing about that is that Rajab prepares us for Sha'ban so that at least when our deeds ascend to Allah, there is something at least quite heavy on the scales full of good deeds, which we can present or can be presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed to us Ramadan immediately after Sha'ban, a logical answer to that is that the wisdom behind it is we first understand the first or the main wisdom or among the many wisdoms is that after our deed being lifted to Allah Sha'ban, we know that during our tax period or every tax, every tax year, when April reads and as a matter of fact, what a coincidence is that we have, we have April with us at the moment. Now, when April comes by, we know that businessmen, self-employed people, they get taxed by the government, isn't it? But then they are given a period of time as well as, as an extension until June or July. And for that reason, they can file their taxes perhaps a few, a few months later or a few weeks later. Now with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is giving us an extended period, which is the month of Ramadan, for what reason? So that at least we can add on our book of deeds that have been lifted to Allah on that year and have some weight on it of good deeds. How blessed is that for me and you? And not only that, we'll come to explain why Ramadan is prescribed upon us on other wisdoms that we'll be talking about in the future, inshallah. But I want to talk about the main wisdoms also among the wisdoms that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to prescribe Ramadan to be upon us and choose this month specifically to be part of the main five pillars of Islam. Now, I would recite to you a hadith that I want you to remain with that hadith from the beginning of this talk up to the end of the talk because there is significance on the hadith and we'll come to understand it the further we go, inshallah. Hadith Abi Hurairah, hadith from Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed said, now I want you to remain with this hadith. I don't want to go I don't want to recite the beginning of the hadith. I just want to look at the end of the hadith because the, the beginning of the hadith covers the jurisprudential part of fasting, especially in the, in the month of Ramadan. What are the things that we are not supposed to do and what are the things that we are supposed to do? And that is a talk for the next week, inshallah ta'ala. But let's look at the wisdom that we want to cover now. However, though, just to bear in mind, so, so that just so you know, Whatever wisdom that we have spoken about at the moment, they are not all of them, okay? They are just not even a handful. They are just a, a tip of the iceberg, all right? There are so many wisdom out there. 
so many wisdoms that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows why he has prescribed Ramadan upon us. But we can just speak about what is necessary and what we can take in our lives so that we can make the most of most, the most out of this month, inshallah ta'ala. The hadith says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَخَلُوفُ فَمِ الصَّائِمْ أَطْيَبُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ رِيحِ الْمِسْكِ يَتْرُكُ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ وَشَهْوَتَهُ مِنْ أَجْلِ وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ And the one whom my soul, his hands, whom my soul is in, the one whom his hands contain my, contains my soul in, لَخَلُوفُ فَمِ الصَّائِمْ Indeed, the... The um the air of the um of the uh, believer's mouth, all right, of the fasting the the fasters' mouth, or the 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 um the smell of the fasters' mouth, is what is way pure, is extremely pure, and the most beloved to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala more than the fragrance of misk, more than the fragrance of misk. For what reason? This faster or this person, person who is fasting, he leaves his food, and his drink, and his desires because of me. Now, take this hadith, stay with it. Keep it with you because we are going to discuss the wisdoms behind, behind it so that behind, behind Ramadan being prescribed upon us so that we can understand the hadith properly. This hadith connects us to the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kutiba alaykumus siyam kama kutiba ala alladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon O you who have believed That's one part of the verse Siyam has been prescribed upon you just like how it was prescribed upon those before you. That's another part of the verse. Perhaps you may attain taqwa. That is the third part of the verse. Allah. Now what do we learn from the verse? And how do we connect it with the hadith? Before we go back to the hadith, let's look at the verse. What's the connection between fasting and iman? What is the connection between the two? First of all, I want you to notice this. Think about this. An emperor, not about an emperor, today a president. Let's say Boris Johnson today, not Boris Johnson. Whom do you love the most? From all the leaders on this earth, whom do you love the most? I wouldn't say Boris Johnson alone. I wouldn't say the king of Saudi. I wouldn't say the king of Dubai. I wouldn't say um, the most greatest ruler that we know. Perhaps the greatest ruler of your heart can be your parent, can be your dad, can be your mom. Okay, can be someone very special out there who is a leader. Let's talk about leaders specifically. I have my role model. I have my, my, my own idol, the one that I love the most. Well, to give you a heads up, he's a Muslim. I wouldn't want to mention him over here, but among them, so many of them, they are Arab speakers that I listen to. They are the most phenomenal people living on this earth. And when I look at them because of the wisdom they have, the knowledge they have, 
thinking of a person like that, for example, in my position at the moment, thinking of that, I want you to think, who is the person that you are, that you find so dear to you? Imagine that person tries calling you, Ya Muhammad, Ya Asim, Ya Zainab, Ya Fatima. Perhaps one of those names belong to you. They call you. How honored do you feel? How loved do you feel? And, and what is amazing is that they don't just call you by your name. They give you a specific brand. When you hear, when you hear it from them, from their mouths, from their voices, you find it mind blowing and your heart insides opens up. A smile, a smile glows on your face that you have never ever imagined of before. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the master of this entire universe addresses me and you as believers first of all. He didn't just call us Muslims. Muslims, a person being a Muslim is a person who has submitted himself to Allah, but that's not enough. A person who has believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a person who has devoted his entire life to Allah. You don't believe in anyone if you don't have faith in that person. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have faith in him that Allah had to address me and you as believers. Why are we fasting today? It's because we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we'll come to understand that the further we go. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers from his people that he tells them, I am calling you out of honor that you should fast. I prescribe upon you what? Fasting. What do we do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that believers, once they are told what to do, they never ask and they never question twice. They just fulfill the command given to them. But then, for example, let's pretend that we don't know what fasting means. Okay, let's pretend that we don't know what fasting means. We're still on the first wisdom. We question what is fasting? Scholars define to us fasting. And fasting means linguistically, الصيام في اللغة معناه الإمساك. Fasting linguistically means forbearance or abstention. Now, it can be abstention of anything because in the Quran, when we look at the story of um, Maryam and when she gave birth of Isa السلام, Maryam bint Imran, she suffered from accusations. How come she gave birth of a woman of a, to a child and she's not married? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us something. Okay? Allah gave us something outstanding. And what did she give him? What did he give her? Indeed, I make an oath to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I made an oath to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and adheed that I would not speak a word. I would abstain myself from talking. Now the word psalm was used, used over here. But in this context, it was used for the purpose of abstention of speech. Never would I talk to any being today. Okay? That's the meaning of al-siyam linguistically. But if we look at it jurisprudentially, this is where we come to understand 
why the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to provide us with this hadith. Okay? We come to understand that jurisprudentially, al-siyam huwa al-imsaqu anil muftirat. Okay? Siyam is abstention from those which nullify a person's fasting. Now, what nullifies a person's fasting? Majority of them are all, majority of them are collected in a verse provided in Surah Al-Baqarah, just a few verses after the verse that I recited. It's quite a long verse up to the end of it. We understand that the main thing that we should not do in the month of Ramadan before we go look at the others, the main reason for us to fast, we have to abstain from the following. We have to abstain from our food. We have to abstain from drinks, the drinks that we normally have. And we have to abstain away from sexual intercourse with our spouses. If we are to abstain from those, then we have indeed fulfilled the most important part of fasting. Now, what we understand from this is that we have to fast and Allah addresses us as believers. I want you to imagine this. If the president today will tell us, you are not allowed to eat or drink. I would be like, what? I shouldn't eat, I shouldn't drink, for what reason? Who are you to control my life? Why should you tell me not to do so? Then I would be wondering, for what reason? Why did he have to do, tell me that while he's a leader? But the question is, do you have faith on that leader? Do you believe in that person? With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we do. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us fasting means you have to stay away from your food. You have to stay away from your drink. You have to stay away from your most greatest desires that you ever have, which is um, sexual desires that you might have with your spouse. You have to stay away from those in order for your psalm not to be nullified or your psalm to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what do we understand? We have to ponder into this to understand that there is great wisdom out of it. And what are the wisdoms that we learn from the verse? The wisdoms are, first of all, that perhaps you might attain what? Piousness. You might draw close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You might attain taqwa from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nobody would ever fulfill this command except that this person is a believer. That's why we see a connection between belief, a connection between believing and fasting. Because fasting is abstaining from those that are halal to us. Staying away from what is halal. It's the most painful thing than staying away from that, that which is haram. Because look, whenever we do haram, we question ourselves, why are we doing this? Shouldn't we stay away from it? But then when you are supposed to stay away from that which is halal, you get angry and furious. Why should I stay away from that which is halal? It is halal to me. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he prescribed upon us fasting, he knew that only believers of mine, the one who have com complete or total faith in me, they are the ones who will fulfill this command. And that is me and you. And you have been honored. Trust me, Allah has honored me and you for us to be believers and fast for his sake. But for what reason? For what reason? First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
He is the only one that would reward those who fast because of this reason. Because they have left their food, they have left their drinks, and they have left their shahawat, their desires, just for his sake. For that reason, he would reward them. Wisdom behind it is that we will attain taqwa. But how, how do we attain taqwa by abstaining from the rightful things which are right, rightful to us? We are the owners of them. They, we, we, are, we deserve them. How do we attain the taqwa? Uh -huh. This is the question. This is the question that we want to answer here. If we are capable of, stay, of staying away from that which is halal, because Allah was trying to show us something over here. How do we attain the taqwa? Then we'll come to discuss what taqwa means. If we can stay away from that which is halal, we can stay away from drinking, eating, sexual desires, then how about staying away from that which is haram? Earning a haram, a haram income. How, how is it possible from, how is it any different from us being able to stay away from harming others, us from staying away from eating haram food, us from doing haram doings, haram deeds, or watching what is unnecessary that we know we might make us fall into the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you see the connection here? Allah wants to tell us the great message is, Allah wants to tell us, if you can stay away from that which is halal for you, then know this, it is possible for you to stay away from that which is haram to you. Trust me. That's the message Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to send to each of us. And that way is how we attain taqwa. Because we come to understand taqwa means... First of all, taqwa is derived from waqa yaqi wiqayatan. Okay, waqa means he protected himself, he guarded himself, he put his guards up. Wiqaya is safeguarding, protection. Now, what is protection? What I like about this word, not the verse, but with this word being used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he was revealing the Quran, subhanallah, what is so amazing is that. Instead of using any other word, Allah used taqwa. The reason being is because if we protect ourselves, we can be protecting ourselves for many reasons. What if you are, you are a friend to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are you not going to be protecting your friendship with Allah? You're trying to protect your friendship from not falling. All right? From not being ruined. For example, you know that if you do this deed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not like it. You might fall on the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what do you do? You protect yourself from attaining the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, isn't it? And then if you know that you, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you do this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be so glad if you fulfill that deed, you try to protect that gladness or that happiness it doesn't go away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. Now, do you see it works from both sides? If you are a friend of Allah, you try to protect your friendship to remain. If you know that whatever you do might cause you to, uh, to attain Allah's wrath, 
You do whatever it takes to protect yourself from that wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why this word taqwa, the word taqwa is so outstanding. So we learn that the connection between iman and faith, iman and psalm is that psalm is a deed that we have to fulfill by staying away from that which we are the rightful owners of them. Okay? And it takes a great heart, a big heart, and a, a magnificent soul to do so. And that is only a believer. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored to address each one of us as believers. For that reason, Allah wanted us to do so that, so that we attain taqwa. And how do we attain taqwa? By understanding that if we are capable of abstaining from those which are halal to us, then we can stay away from that which is haram. From that which is haram. And Allah also wanted to test us to see, would we follow the command of the, the ultimate, ultimate leader of this universe, the one who is the master, the one who is the master of each one of us? Because it takes a heart to do so. It takes some guts to do so. It is very difficult. That's why Allah said, for the one who will stay away from his food, his drinks, his most greatest desires, I will, be, I will be the one to reward him and no one else. I will be the one to reward him. For other deeds, Allah will reward them those deeds through angels, but with some just from him. Just from him. Because we stay away from those that which are halal from us. And if we can stay away from those, indeed, we are able to stay away from those which are haram. Another wisdom behind Ramadan being far being prescribed upon us. Ramadan is known as to be a shahrul musawat, a month of equality, a month of equality. And how is it a month of equality? Am I rich? Yes, I am because I'm healthy. Alhamdulillah. I have health, bodily health. I get, I get my food, I get my drink. Do I get a bed? Yes, I do. I get to sleep. Do I have enough time to spend with my family? Yes, I do. That's how rich I am. Are you rich? You know the answer to it, but I believe you that are listening to me, you are rich. Do you have a bed to sleep on? Yes, you do. You know, in the next few minutes, you, you'll be able to break your, your, your song with the best food that you want. There are people that are rich, they even have gold that they've stored in their, in their banks that they don't even know what to do with them. But in this moment, we know that there are people that are so poor that they experience hunger on a daily basis. Some people, ex they experience fear in their entire lives. They, need, don't, they don't even have families to live with. They don't even know when they're going to meet their next meal. How are they going to make it so that they can meet their family once again? They don't even know where their family is. They don't even know where other people are. But then the month of Ramadan comes and levels each one of us together. Whether you're wealthy with material, you're rich in material with money, money breaking your bank. Whether you're wealthy enough, you have enough 
health. Whether you're wealthy enough, you know that you have food you can put on your table. For those that who have nothing, whether to break the iftar with, whether to enjoy on a daily basis with, today we are in the same position. I believe for majority of us in this moment, in these few minutes, we are experiencing what Ramadan wants us to experience. We are waiting for the next few minutes to break our fast. We are waiting for the next few minutes, perhaps to meet with our spouses. We are waiting for the next few minutes to do what was once halal for us and which will be halal for us in the next few minutes, which now it is haram. We are waiting for that. Now we have been leveled in the month of Ramadan. For those who have the best food, they cannot eat right now. Those who have the best drinks, they cannot drink right now. For those who have the best of spouses or family, they can't do anything with them. For those who are living their best lives, they are restricted with whatever they have right now for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now whether you're poor, whether you're rich, we are all in the same position. Allahu Akbar. The month of Ramadan has come to level us all together, to make us all equal, to show us that we are all equal to one another. We are no different from each others. If we are to sincerely fast for the sake of Allah, then we are going to attain the same rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter what we eat, what we drink, we are going to experience the same experience on a daily basis in the month of Ramadan. No matter what life we lead, we are going to go through the same experience in the month of Ramadan. And do you know what this brings us to conclude with? It brings us to the conclusion that if the month of Ramadan levels us all together and we feel the pain by fasting the month throughout and knowing that those which are halal have become haram to us in the month of Ramadan. And also those who are poor, they are experiencing hunger on a daily basis. Today we are experiencing hunger today by fasting this blessed month. It con we can conclude by saying that for those who are suffering on a daily basis, those who have nothing to put on the table, those who have children that they don't know what they're going to provide them with, perhaps if it's at least just water and a few dates or a little bit of flour that they can make some chapatis, some rotis or do something with it. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to always be with them. And we have to feel the mercy inside and understand that the wisdom behind Ramadan is that we can feel and experience the same that the pain that the poor are experiencing on a daily basis. And we can reach out to them. We can be there for them. We can look forward to helping them. And at the same time, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a better, better plan for me and you. If we have enough food to, um, to provide for ourselves and our families, we are more than rich. If we have a drink to drink, when we break our fast, we are rich. If we have beds to sleep on, we are rich. The month of Ramadan should teach us that all of us are equals. For those who are experiencing hunger on a daily basis, we have to understand that we have to reach out to them. 
And the month of Ramadan has come to us as a blessing. Brothers and sisters in Islam, we have to understand Ramadan bears so many wisdoms. No matter how we speak and how much we explain them, we can never come to a conclusion and we can never come to the end of them and we will never finish them. But the few of what we can take from the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa recited to each one of us, okay? To prove to us that the month of Ramadan is a blessed month. For us staying away from what is halal to us, Allah says, Allah says, for you who have abstained abstain from that which is halal to you, just for my sake, I will reward you abundantly directly from myself. And I swear to the one who my soul is in his hands, the fragrance of the of the fastest mouth, number one, that fragrance of the fastest mouth is pure to Allah than the fragrance of misk. For what reason? Now this is what you should take. The reason why I wanted you to stay with this hadith so that you can understand with all the wisdom behind of what we are being told to do, at least, at least we know that in return, this is what we get. For abstaining from that which is halal to us, Allah understands the pain that we are going through. And for that reason, he knows that I should be the one rewarding all of my servants that have decided to devote themselves for my sake and without questioning. They are ready to even stay away from everything that I tell them today. It doesn't matter what it is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our fasts, accept our Ramadan, and make us a people that we stand the month of Ramadan by fasting, by salah, by ibadah, just for the sake of Allah, and also make us a people of realization that the month of Ramadan has come to us for the sake of guidance, to guide us to the right path and to show us that if we can stay away from that which is halal, we can stay away guaranteed 100% from that which is haram. And also may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people that we are always capable of reaching out to those who are poor, those who cannot even feed their children on a daily basis or feed themselves on a daily basis. As we are experiencing the pain of fasting and the pain of not being able to fulfill those which are halal or those which are rightful to us, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people of realization and make us a people of those that can think about others also that are not on the same level as us. And most importantly, what we have to understand is that Everything that we do is a blessing to each one of us. And the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam shows us the significance of understanding why is it important for us to have the month of Ramadan. You know, when the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was presented with the greated mountains of Uhud, Mount Uhud, by Jibreel Alayhi Salam being told that they can be converted or changed to gold if you want that, and that's a choice you're given. He said, La, what I want, 
I want to remain in this same condition. Why so? Because he said, if I eat one day, if I stay with hunger one day, I will remember you and turn towards you. And when I eat one day and I have a full belly on that day, a full stomach, I will thank you. I will thank you and become so grateful to you so that I can also remember who I am and my identity and where I belong. So we learn that the month of Ramadan in itself is a blessing and the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did this so that he can experience this for the rest of his entire life. So um, we, we, we will inshallah stop here and we'll pause over here bi-idhnillahi al-kareem wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa sallam tasliman kathira from now on we'll start taking taking a little bit of questions perhaps if you have any questions brothers and sisters so we can go for the dua My brothers and sisters, anyone with questions, perhaps we can answer them to you. Let me give you a short story. I hope you're not going through this experience right now. As I'm not seeing any questions. Mashallah, that's a blessing, first of all, to see that everyone, alhamdulillah, is looking forward to break their fast. That's why they don't have any question. Even if perhaps you would want to ask, when is the time? When is the time to break your fast? That's a question as well. We can answer you that, inshallah ta'ala. You know, once um, there was um, a group of people that attended a, a salah in a masjid and after attending the salah, an imam, a person stood, um, a tabligh man, he stood to give a, give a talk and he gave the talk and gave the talk and gave the talk and it was too long after... Uh, <laughs> Suhail asks, when do we break our fast? We break our fast in the next 10 minutes, inshallah ta'ala. According to the time, it's the next nine minutes, bi'ithnillah al-kareem. So the talk was so long. The talk was so long that nearly everyone left the masjid. Now only one, black, one young man stayed. A young boy need around the age, on his teenage, basically. He remained in the masjid. After he finished speaking, he asked... Um, he asked, yes, inshallah, there will be a dua, inshallah. Yeah. He asked, he asked the, um, the young man, why did you stay behind after everyone left? The young man said, um, I didn't stay behind for the talk. I stayed behind because I was waiting for my prayer mat. That's why he stayed behind. But if it wasn't for my prayer mat, I would have left. Subhanallah. And I hope you're not waiting for that. I believe you're waiting for iftar so you can run away. Inshallah. Don't worry. The food is ready. If the mothers are cooking in the kitchen, inshallah ta'ala, the food is ready anytime. Um, so um, we have a few minutes left, eight minutes left, inshallah ta'ala. So what we will do, okay, what we will do, we'll recite dua 
in the next um, five minutes and then we'll switch off, we'll turn off. Shall we start with the dua? Is there any particular dua to make before breaking fast? Yes, you, um, even um, Islamic channel, Islam channel provides it. A dua that you can, you can re recite. Allahumma inni laka sumtu wa bika amantu wa alayka tawakkaltu wa ala rizqika aftartu. Dhahaba al-dhama'u wa abtallati al-uruqu wa thabata al-ajru insha'Allah. That's the dua. Okay. Allahumma inni laka sumtu wa bika amantu wa alayka tawakkaltu wa ala rizqika aftartu. That's the best dua you can recite. But the best question that could be asked is, is it the best time to ask dua? Of course. Besides that dua, there is no other specific dua. Anything you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah. Is it true you are closest to Allah just before breaking fast? that there are a certain number of veils have been lifted before you, between you and Allah. Yes, you are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the time that you are breaking your fast. Why so? Okay. For a faster, there are two happiness that he goes through them. All right. Two happiness that he goes through them. Farhatun inda fitrihi Okay, happiness when he breaks his fast and happiness when he meets his Lord. How do you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? But only when you go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, la. It's the time when you break your fast, you lift your hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you say, oh Allah, I thank you and I'm grateful to you by allowing me to fast the entire day successfully and fulfilling this day by drawing close to you, O oh Allah, and here I am to you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his mercy, he opens the doors of rahmah and paradise by asking any dua you want. I am here to answer it for you. Because he knows the happiness that you're feeling inside, the happiness that a believer feels inside while he's breaking his fast is extreme and magnificent that any dua asked in that moment is highly accepted. And we are so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The best deeds to do if one is not able to fast, there are many best deeds to do if you are unable to fast. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward those who are not able to fast because of many conditions. Similar rewards, just like us who are fasting, just like those who have been fasting and also may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who are incapable of fasting for any other reasons, perhaps especially reasons which are temporary, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eliminate those reasons and allow them to be able to fast once again. I mean, I mean. Now, the specific, uh, if is there specific deed, there is no specific deed, but the best of all deeds, the best of all deeds that you can do Allah 
Isn't it by the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the hearts attain tranquility? Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every moment. Number one, the best of all deeds that you can do. If you are capable of pray as much as you can to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by fulfilling salah, whether it's night salah, whether it's nawafi, the best of all deeds. Quran is the best deed because we know now it's, it's the month of, month of Quran. But is it enough? What about those who cannot read Quran fluently? So the best of all deeds. You know when you read Quran, in fact, Allah is talking to you. Allah is talking to you. But when you remember Allah, then you are the one who are very close to Allah. And when you're close to Allah, Allah comes running towards you. Inshallah ta'ala. So we'll complete with dua, inshallah. And we'll close our talk, inshallah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya wal-mursaleen Nabiyuna wa habibuna wa qudwatuna alayhi min rabbihi Afdalu salati wa atamu al-taslim Allahumma ahdina fi man hadayt Wa afina fi man afayt Wa tawallana fi man tawallayt Wa barik lana fi ma a'tayt Wa qina bi rahmatika sharra ma qadayt Fa innaka taqdi wa la yuqda alayk Innahu la yadillu man walayt Wa la ya'izzu man adayt تباركت ربنا وتعاليت لك الحمد على ما قضيت ونستغفرك ونتوب إليك اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومتعنا اللهم بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا أبدا ما أبقيتنا وجعله الوارث منا واجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا واجعل الجنة هي دارنا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا يخافك فينا ولا يرحمنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر سقما ولا ألما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم امحو عنا اللهم اللهم امحو عنا هذه الأمراض وهذا الوباء والبلاء اللهم امحو عنا الأمراض والوباء والبلاء اللهم امحو عنا الأمراض والوباء والبلاء يا رب العالمين اللهم ارفعه عنا اللهم ارفعه عنا اللهم ارفع الفيروس هذا عنا وافتح لنا أبواب الخيرات والبركات واجمعنا في يوم في 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 اليوم الذي نلقاك ونحن في رضاك يا رب العالمين برحمةك يا أرحم الراحمين وصلى اللهم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وسلم تسليما كثيرا ورحمةك يا أرحم الراحمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته